chapter number 5. I want you to take it and stand to your feet. And God's going to help those, and God's going to help us. Uh, Brother Buchanan, if you will, if you'll help me with the, with the little one when we pray, you can bring it out here while we're praying. Uh, Luke chapter 5, in verse number 1. I want to welcome you. If, you. if you are here from the Genesis house once again, thanks for coming. And I hope we can be an encouragement to you. Amen? And I believe God can make a way. Hallelujah. Uh, Luke chapter 5, in verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass. Aren't you glad? Most of the times our troubles, they're not come to stay, they're just come to pass. It says that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. you got to understand this. There's so many people here that's wanting to hear what the Lord has to say. That He steps out into this boat. He steps out into this ship who has Simon Peter in it. He said, would you push off a little ways and let me keep on teaching my lesson? He said, that's fine. And so, so, so Peter pushes off a little ways and sits down to hear the finishing of the Lord's message. It says, now when he had left speaking... He said unto Simon, launch out into where? Go out a little deeper. And he, let, and he said, let down your nets for a draw. In other words, I want, I want to invite you for a miracle. I want to do something great in your life. I want you to see something, and I want to do something for you. I want you to look at the response. And Simon answering said unto him, Master... We have toiled all the night, done, 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 fished all night. I've done that before. Done, fished all night and have taken what? We ain't caught a thing. I've done that before. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had thus done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. I mean, caught so many. The net broke. I can say I have not done that. Amen. I fished all night. I've caught nothing. But I've caught many. It broke my net. Amen. It says this. And they beckoned unto their partners which in other ships that they should come and help them. They came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Once again, there's something else I have not done. Amen. When St. Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners uh, with Simon. Uh, by the way, they, they, they end up being the dynamic trio. Peter, James, and John, it was, the, it was the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had 12 disciples, but he had three that was real close to him. Are y'all with me? Look how they started out. The Bible says, And so also James, John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, some of the greatest words you'll ever hear, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Your heavenly Father... I didn't know who was going to be here tonight, didn't have a clue, but you did. And Lord, I don't know why that you want me to preach this, but you do. 
And I ask you to meet the needs tonight. Lord, I prayed and I asked you and I said, Lord, I need something for tonight. And Lord, this is the direction you led me. And God, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to just give you rain. I'm going to surrender my, my mouthpiece. I'm going to surrender my soul and my heart to you tonight to deliver the message for the hour. And God, I'll praise you and I'll thank you. I'll give you glory and praise for all that you do. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Church, say amen. The Bible says that Jesus was preaching on the shore and so many people pressed against him that he had to come and get in the boat with Peter. Uh, 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 Peter is not yet a follower. Uh, Peter is, is, is more like an admirer. Uh, uh, he has not been commissioned yet, uh, but he is there in his, in his, former, uh, his former occupation, which was a fisherman, uh, cleaning the nets there and, and taking care of uh, the, the, the nets that he had. And uh, he began to, 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 to look up, and Jesus says, Let me get in the boat with you. And, 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 and let me keep on teaching. Peter said, that's fine with me. Uh, he rode out a little ways and, and allowed the Lord to keep teaching that lesson. And, and uh, as, as he did, after the message was over, after the teaching was over, he turned around to Peter and said, Peter, I want to do something great with your life. I want to I do a miracle in your life. I want to do something great with you. I want to use you for a purpose. And the, listen, the response that he received, uh, he said, look, I want to do something great with you. And Peter turned around and said, we done fished all night long and have caught nothing. This is what Peter responded with. He said, don't worry about me. I am a failure. I'm a failure. Ain't no sense worrying. Uh, there's no sense in doing anything. There's no sense in, in going anywhere because, hey, we've done fished all night and we've failed. I'm nothing but a failure. I preached this message a few years back in the little building and, 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 and I had even forgotten it was even on my computer and God led me this direction tonight. Somebody tonight needs to hear that God's looking for a few good failures. Listen, I know one of the branches of service, I believe it's the Marines, is the Marines that say we're looking for a few good men. Am I, am I right about that, Brother Bo? Uh, the Marines want a few good men. I was walking down the, the, the corridor in, in my high school uh, when I was in uh, senior in high school, and, and, and it was during the time when all of the uh, branches of service would come and try to recruit you to their branch of service. And, and I was going down the hallway with one of my buddies to meet with one of them, and, and one of the things, I just want to get out of class, amen? And, and we were going down, and, and the gentleman from the Marines was standing in the hallway, the sharpest dude I've ever seen in my life, the most scary man I've ever seen in my life standing there with his uniform bright and shiny everything in order everything like it needed to be he said hello boys and he said where are you going and we were going to meet I think it was the Air Force fellas at that time he said who has called you I said all of them he said who and I got to thinking about it. the Marines never did call us not one time did they call every branch of service called but the Marines he said you know why I said no I don't really know why but I think you're going to tell me amen he said, I'll tell you why. He said, because if you don't want to be with us, we don't want you. I said, man. He said, we want the best of the best. We want a few good men. But I'm glad. Hallelujah. Feel a little preach coming on. Amen. 
I'm glad when God went picking out his army, when God began to start his ministry, when Jesus went to find those to follow him, he wasn't looking for a few good men. He was looking for a few good failures. He was looking for somebody who was willing to give him a chance. It didn't matter if there was a failure or not. He was looking for them. The Bible says there is none good, none righteous, no, not one. Hallelujah. Listen, everybody look to your left. The other left. Amen. Look to your right. You know what you saw? A failure. A failure. There's nobody in this building that hasn't failed sometime or another. It's amazing to me. We want to look down at children that got caught in their failure. And we failed in the same way. We just didn't get caught. I need a witness. We want to we judge and we want to look up and look down at folks. And, and, and we want to say, oh, I tell you what, I knew that was coming. Yeah, the only problem was you didn't get caught when you were doing it. We're all failures. We're all failures. They, there's no halos in here. If they are, they're just hiding the horn. Say amen. He said, he said, he said, I want to do something with you. He said, I'm a failure. Ain't no sense in worrying about me. So we done fished all night long, caught nothing. He said, I'm a failure. I want to preach just a little while on the subject. God's looking for a few good failures. There's some things you need to know about failure. Uh, listen, failure, failure is not futile. Don't write that down. That's just a commercial. Are we going to get to the points in a minute? Amen. Failure is not futile. Futile means serving no useful purpose. In other words, the failure you experience, it's not futile. God can use it to benefit and bless you. Amen. It's not futile. I don't mean it's all said and done. That don't mean God is washed up with you. The Bible says the vessel was marred in the hands of the potter, but he remade the vessel. It never left his hand. Hallelujah. God's not through with you just because you messed up. If that was the case, we'd all have to stay home tonight. Listen, failure's not futile. Failure's not fatal. Failure's not fatal. Just because you messed up, it's not going to kill you. It may feel like it, and other people may think it, but that's not true. And thank God, failure's not final neither. Amen. That's not the final word. Amen. I can imagine. I can imagine as Peter, listen, as he sat there on that rock after he denied the Lord three times, I can imagine Peter as the, as the hot tears begin to drip off of his cheeks and, listen, fall upon his vestment. I begin to think as, as listen, as Peter began to weep and wail because of his failure, denying the Lord Jesus Christ, and the devil just jumped up on one shoulder and said, uh-huh, you ain't nothing now, old boy. I know he said you had the keys, but look at you now. You ain't gonna, God ain't never going to use you no more, but the Holy Ghost slid right beside him and said oh son don't you worry don't you worry everything's going to be all right don't you remember when jesus said when thou art converted strengthen the brethren god is not going to leave you and he's not going to forsake you i'm glad jesus when he rose up from the dead he said tell my disciples and peter hallelujah it's not final listen your failure is not final there's some things about this that god shared with me that everybody needs to know I want you to see this. And all the uh, self-righteous folks in the house, you, 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 you're not probably not going to joy tonight. Uh, 
you just need to sit back and, and, and listen and just don't say nothing because God will reveal your ignorance. Amen. Uh, there's some things about failure that we all need to know. Number one, if you're taking notes, this is where you need to start writing. Number one, I want you to see the description of the failure. The description of the failure. As I begin to read this chapter and read this story, God began to show me some things about failure. Boy, Thomas Edison failed a whole lot more than he succeeded. How many times did Abraham Lincoln run for office before he finally won? Failure. What about failure, preacher? I want you to see, hey, the Bible says, Jesus said, cast out for a drop, go out into the deep. And he said, look, we have fished. We have fished. We have toiled. We have labored. Listen, look at the verse. Look at the verse. The Bible says in verse number, verse number 5, are you there? And Simon answering, this is his reply, when God invited him for a miracle. Let me apply that today. God wants to do something great with everybody in this room. God has a great plan for everybody in this room. Every single human being that walked through that door, God has a great plan for you. But right now the devil's saying your failure is going to keep you from that. But you know what? It may be your failure that's propelling you to that. And I'll show you. The Bible says in verse 5, And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled. Toiled. Listen, A, if you're writing this down, the description of the failure, A, I want you to see they labored in the failure. Many of you, you may have heard this, you may have said this, I've said it before in ignorance. If you would have just worked a little harder, if you would have tried just a little more, you know what? There's some things I don't care how hard you try, it wasn't going to happen. I believe them old boys used every means necessary. I believe they used every trick in the book. I went with uh, uh, my coon hunting buddy fishing the other day. We threw everything in the tackle box twice and was going to throw the tackle box and we still caught nothing. When you're a fisherman, when you're a fisherman and you ain't catching nothing, you'll, you'll start making up things. I mean, you'll start hooking worms to spinner baits and stuff. I mean, you'll just do whatever you can to see maybe you can look up and catch a fish. And you know what? There's been people that's worked on their marriages. There's been people that's worked on their businesses and labored hard as they could ever go. I mean, they started a business and they tried and tried as hard as they could, yet it still failed. Sometimes in life, I don't have an explanation for it. I don't understand it. But sometimes in life, even though we work real hard, we still end up failing. And you know what we do? We throw people on a guilt trip and say, if you'd have worked hard, it'd have happened. But see, they labored in the failure. He said, we've toiled. That means work hard. That means, that means extremity. They labored in the failure. But not only that, look at B. They lingered in the failure. They said, we not only worked hard, we not only put everything we had into it, we not only did the best we could, but we did it 
all night long. How many of you heard, oh, if you'd have just held out a little? <laughs> oh, no, I'd have just been in deeper debt than I already was. You'd have just, oh, if you'd have just, I, you know what we do? We hinder what God can do with us through our own condemnation of ourselves. Now, let me tell you something. I don't have to talk no more about this because I know you already know where I'm going with that because your mama's done told you. Your family's done gave up on you. you, you listen, they done turned their backs on you because they said you didn't stay long enough, that you didn't work hard enough. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. You may have given up on yourself. I tell you what, I think sometimes, I think sometimes, Brother Donnie, I'm, I'm my worst critic. Bless God, I'm a preacher, and I thought that. Man, I tell you what, say, man, or not act that way. I got angry the other day. I know none of y'all do this. But I didn't get mad. I got angry. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, Feel it in the earlobes, anger. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's right, I knew y'all didn't know what I was talking about. Y'all didn't. And boy, I got to, man, I, then I got to feeling convicted about it. Then I got to feeling guilty about it and thinking, man, way to go, Rev. You know, sometimes the devil just attack you in that area. Are y'all with me tonight? Listen, but I want to I want to show you what you need to do. Let's just Let's just get it out. We're failures. Let's just admit it. Let's just be real. Ain't that what the kids say today? Or that, am I past that already? Get real. You know, let's, let's be real. We're failures. But let's see what we need to do about it. The Bible says in verse number 5, He said, And Simon answered, He said to him, Master, we have told all night, and have taken nothing. He said, we're failures. He said, we worked hard, and, and we did it a long time. I mean, we just stayed with and fished all night and still caught nothing. What's the next word? One word. Number one, we see the description of the failure. Number two, we see the decision of the failure. The decision of the failure. Preacher, what decision is that? Before you're ever going to get past your failure, you have to, A, disregard your past he said we done fished all night but nevertheless here we you got to look past where you were it's not about where you were it's about where you going it's not about what I was and it's not about what I am it's what I'm going to be I'm not what I was but I'm not what I'm going to be Hallelujah. Say amen. amen. You cannot go forward if you keep looking in the past. The past is just that. It is past. You say, but my mama brings it up. My family brings it up. My spouse brings it up. Hey, it doesn't matter. They're not going to get over it till you get over it. Amen. Jesus is over it. Why don't you get over it? Amen. Whosoever. 
shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Does it not say this? If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. I'm glad God never checked in with my past to determine my future. <laughs> I'm having a big time tonight. God didn't go looking in my past to determine my future. Some of the best preachers I've ever heard in my life were nothing but adulterers, whoremongers, uh, listen, alcoholics who didn't care about God or nobody else, but God snatched them out that pool of sin. You ain't going forward. You forget about the past. Let me help you with something, too. I used to hear that. I used to hear that. And, and I would try that. But when I would kneel down to pray, the devil would say, you remember the other night back in there, you know, when you, uh, I tried to read my Bible. Remember what you said the other day when you got, mm-hmm. I, I say, man, I, I, I try to forget, but I can't forget. Listen, the word forget there in the Bible doesn't mean put out of mind. You remember when Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind? I'm pressing forward. He's not saying it's going to be out of mind. You know, we say God forgets our sin. It's just it, he remembers them no more. It's not just out of God's mind. That's impossible. It means not to hold against. Are y'all with me? Or to have an effect on. In other words, in other words, forgetting the past doesn't mean you're not going to remember it no more because the devil's going to make sure and bring it up all the time. You're going to have to get to the place where you're not going to let that affect do it now. You're going to have to put that back and say, hey, devil, I know I've done that. I know that's what I was, but devil, look what I am. Devil, look where I'm headed. Look where I'm going to be. You're not going to allow that past to affect what you are today and what you're going to be tomorrow and what God's going to do with you in the future. It's never going to be totally out of your mind where you want. It's never going to be that way. It's never going to be that way. But you can get to the place by the power of God, by the grace of God. You can get to the place where you do not allow to affect your life today. Paul said, hey, I know what I did with those Christians. I know I wreaked havoc in the church. I know I held the coats of the men that listened stone, Stephen. But let me tell you, I am what I am by the grace of God. I can do what I'm doing by the grace of God. Hey, I'm going to go forward by the grace of God. And the only way you're going to get over your failure, you've got to make a decision today. I'm going to disregard my past. God is not going to hold it against me. I'm not going to hold it against me. Hallelujah. I don't care if the world remembers what I've done, what I used to be. I'm going forward. There was a guy. Y'all know my dad was a hoodlum. Hell-raising hoodlum. That's what he was. Mean as a devil. Mean as the devil. I mean, that's just what he was. Fought all the time. My sport was baseball and football. His sport was ultimate fighting. See, he was way back into ultimate fighting before ultimate fighting ever came into being. If he was young today, he'd be on ultimate fighting, fighting Tito. Say amen. Give him up. Mean as the devil. Got saved. Got saved. Never drank another drop. 
Never went in another bar. Listen, his life totally changed. Began to pastor a church and was there at Bethel. However many years that was, I don't remember how long he was there when that guy came. Another gentleman, another gentleman, a black gentleman that he went to school with that they fought every day, every day they got in a fight. He, I mean big fella, big fella. He come to church that day, and we had work day, and I was working on the porch at the church, and Dad and the men were around somewhere, and, and, uh, and, and he pulled in the parking lot, and he looked, and he said, he looked at me and said, is that Malcolm Carter on that sign? I thought, mm-mm. <laughs> I went, uh, uh. I didn't know what to say. I mean, this guy was huge. I need to see Malcolm Carter. I thought, oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. I'm way too young to be an orphan. Amen. <laughs> he come around. Dad and a few of the men come around the corner. Dad seen him, and he seen Dad, and Dad called his name, and he called Dad's name. They come over and hugged his name. He said, Malcolm, I got saved a while back, and I come by and seen your name, and I could not believe it. I had to see for sure. Amen. He said, I could not believe that same crazy boy that was in school with me is now a preacher. Woo, what a God. You know what? We all got things we remember. But there are folks that have decided, and you've got to decide, I'm not going to let that affect me. Hallelujah. I bet you. No, I'm not going to bet you. I guarantee you, I can't bet. Forgetting those things which are behind. <laughs> Speak about remembering, amen. Listen, I guarantee you every one of those disciples knew Peter denied Christ. They knew what he'd done. And he had to go to church with them. How do you think Peter felt when he sat down beside the disciples when they after Jesus had resurrected knowing what he'd done you know I find this when I've messed up it's not hard getting around the world they'll say set him up Joe they'll say that's alright buddy just grab you another one but when you go to church up What, ain't that a shame? And the first thing they said, the worst one they specifically mentioned, Jesus, when he got up, was Peter. And that was the first one he talked to when they came to the shore after Peter said, I go fishing. He done messed up again. He said, Peter, do you love me? Well, sometimes you're going to have to go to church with folks that are going to highbrow you. But you, you, you're going to have to disregard that. You're going to say, Father, forgive them for they're ignorant in their place. And they don't know what they're doing. That's all you can do. And you've got to go forward. You've got to disregard your past. He said, nevertheless. He said, I'm fished all night. I ain't caught a thing. But nevertheless, I, I, I'm going to disregard all that work I did. And watch this. This is even more important. This is even more important. He not only had to disregard his past, he had to depend on his promise. Look what it says. Verse, verse 5. 
nevertheless, at thy what? He said, if you said it, I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know what God's promised to every human being? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to. And to. You know what the Bible also says? How much more? <laughs> How much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience from dead works? Now this is the kicker. That ye may serve. You know what the majority of people do when they mess up? They want to quit everything. God does not forgive you. Are you with me? God does not forgive you to do away with you. Brother Donnie, he purges our conscience. Not because he needs it, because he knows we need it, so we can keep right on going and serving him. Amen. Does the Bible not say that? How much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience, your conscience, my conscience? Listen, not the Lord's, but ours. He will purge our conscience that we may serve a living God, that we may go in confidence knowing that I can keep on preaching, I can keep on singing, I can keep on serving because I know that God has forgiven me of my failure. I can go on for His glory. Listen, I depend on His promise. If I didn't have that promise, Brother Mickle, I'd shut my Bible and go home and resign today. But God's given us a promise. He said, you mess up, get up. Get up. Get up. Say amen. amen. Now, that's the intro. <laughs> this is the message. We saw the, listen, the description of the failure. We saw... The decision of the failure. But look in verse number, verse number uh, uh, seven. Well, let's go back to verse six. And when and that rain just sound wonderful. I can't help it. I just yeah, amen, amen. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled the both ships so that they began to sink. When what? Come on, y'all. When? Who was that? The failure. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of fishes which they had taken. What does the failure discover when he decides, when he decides to disregard his past, when he decides not to let the past determine his future, when he decides to quit looking back and make the decisions of his life according to his past and not the promise of God, when he decides to look and depend on what God said, not what man said, not what my own conscience said, not what the devil said, but what God said he would do in my life, when I determined to do that, what in the world do we see? We see the discovery, the discovery of the failure. What is that? We discover the power of God in our lives. What are you saying? How in the world can an uneducated, 
Listen, uncultured, drunk, alcoholic, mean as the devil person, gets saved and can't hardly read, had to learn, listen, how to read by studying his Bible. God calls him to a church and he builds a great ministry down there. How can you explain that? Because God wants a failure to show his power really. The Bible says he's looking to and fro to show him. Ooh, say amen. He's looking for failures. He's looking for failures. He's looking for people, listen, who failed. He's looking for people who couldn't get it done so he can sit down beside them and say, let me show you what I can do. I saw what you could do. You saw what you could do. But sit down a minute. Let me show you what I could do. Moses. Moses, he tried to get Israel out of Egypt with his strong arm. He killed that Egyptian. He showed up and said, watch me. And he failed miserably and was run out of Egypt. He failed. Oh, when God, hallelujah, when God got through with him out in that desert, out in that wilderness school, out there showing him, listen, you're a failure, but let me show you what I can do. He brought him back out, come into Egypt and seen all that God had done and led him out, not on his own plan. He failed at that. But when he did it God's way, he saw God's power. Hallelujah. Listen, what do we find when we, listen, disregard our past and depend on his promise? We discover the power of God in our lives. All of y'all shouldn't even be here today. We should be in hell tonight. And God, touch me. I've seen God do some wonderful things. We discover the power of God, but even more importantly, Brother Chris, at this juncture is when we say, if you missed everything, don't miss this. Turn me up so they can hear me in case the rain is so strong. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 10. You there? And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said, can y'all hear me good in the back back there, Brother Bobby, can you hear me? Jesus said unto Simon, who was Simon? He was Simon Peter, but what was he? He was the failure. Fear not. From henceforth, thou shalt catch men. Now watch this. In that day, they didn't have ice machines. I, I was out. I was out with a uh, 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 commercial fisherman down in Florida, and and they they come and when you get in the shore, they 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 bring ice to you. You, put, you pack them in the ice and you. You know, you, you go straight, uh, you do your thing, you take them to the marketplace. And that day, they didn't have ice. They didn't have ice machines. Just as soon as they came in, just as soon as they came in, they had to get the fish to the market. Y'all with me so far? What would have happened if they'd have caught fish that night before? They would have not been there when Jesus showed up. What were they doing when he showed up? They was washing their nets. Why? Because they didn't have nothing else to do. 
They didn't have no fish to take to the market. They couldn't go and sell them because they didn't have nothing to sell. I don't think you see where I'm going. Because they failed, they run into him. And at the end of the situation, Jesus said, from now on, you ain't going to do that kind of fishing. You're going to be fishing for men. Watch this. Sometimes God allows us to fail at what we're doing so that he could put us into a place that's greater than what it was we failed at. Sometimes that situation you was in didn't work out. Sometimes that ministry you was in didn't work out. Sometimes that situation you, you faced, it did not work out, but God turned it around and used you for something greater than it was that you were involved in in the first place. You got an illustration? Sure. Sure. I, Brother Bobby, can you still hear me? Okay. When I took Long Branch. When I took Long Branch as pastor there, my dad told me, he said, son, if you're going to take a pastor and take a church as a pastor, you need to treat it like you're going to be there the rest of your life. Well, you don't see a whole lot of that anymore, do you? You need to commit your life to that place as if, it, if it, God may take you somewhere else, but you don't need to use it as a stepping stone. This is not a ladder. People are not usable things. Said, you need to treat it like you'll be there the rest of your life. And I did. I did. I gave it everything I had. Wide open. We were going wide open. Church slammed to the gate. And we had a situation come up. Situation come up. They were of the persuasion. Some of them did. Uh, I didn't know it at the time when we took it, but some of them didn't believe that, that uh, everybody could go to church together. Our, our brother right here, I appreciate him being here. Amen. I'm glad Temple's kind of church that welcomes him here. Amen. He's just as important as anybody else in this building. Amen. But sad to say, everybody didn't feel that way. We had a black couple come to church. I was in Sunday school. Some of them come and said, now I know y'all think this is crazy, but I promise you, there's some places in the deep south that are still in the Civil War Department. Come to me and say, you need to do something about it. I said, amen, hallelujah. I didn't know what they was talking about. I didn't know they were serious. They said, well, either they go or we go. I said, sayonara. Well, anyhow, it caused a big ruckus. And that's, that's fine. And, I, and, and one thing led to another, which it was... It was God's plan, he just, and I said, Lord, I don't understand this. I done had in my mind, I done had in my mind a cornfield in the back that we was going to build this new auditorium and things was going great. Baptized five people the last service we were ever there. I said, Lord, this don't make sense. And I resigned and I said, God, I, I, I believe with all my heart, the Bible says, uh, uh, God so loved the world, that meant all of them. 
and, and we sing song, God loves little children, red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in his sight. Ain't no sense in singing and preaching if we ain't going to believe it. I love everybody. I'm a soul winner, not a skin winner. I said, now, Lord, why did this happen? I said, I know there was a lot more that was for the good and some for the bad, but why are you? And I knew God was through with me there. You ever make a decision where you're going to decide who comes to church here and who ain't? I'm gone. Because at that moment, God's going to write Ichabod across the door. That word means the glory has departed. And I sat there for weeks feeling like a failure. I sat there and I felt like if I would have just done, or if I would have just held out a little, well, maybe if I'd have just preached harder on, maybe I shouldn't have. I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated I wanted to be somewhere serving God so bad. I mean, it would just eat me alive. I, I'd just be at home and just want to, especially when you get in a service and there's good preaching. Man, I wanted to be there. At the last verse of the last song, I just, oh, they would just. I said, God, I failed. He said, oh, no. For some reason, I started hearing the tune to Sweet Home Alabama. Somebody called and said, said, we want you to come. We're looking for a pastor. I said, well, you're still looking. I said, God don't want me in Alabama. I was planning on starting, you know, Spanish churches in the United States, going to Costa Rica language school. I was. Tammy wasn't. She said she's going to miss me and send a postcard. Amen. <laughs> you know, she told me what that song said in that song, but God be with you till we meet again. Amen. <laughs> I'm sitting in a place right now where God said, I had to let you get to that place or you would have never gotten here. Some of you have been through church trouble that you just didn't understand. Some of you face problems in your home church that you thought you'd be there the rest of your life. Problems you just never seen coming and didn't understand why God did that. But sometimes God lets you fail somewhere. Or, or, you seemingly, it seems to you that you fail because God had something better in mind. God will never tell you no here without having a greater yes here. Preacher, what are you saying? Preacher, I failed. That's okay. I'm not condoning sin, so don't ever get that impression and sin or failure I'm just saying that's not the final it's not fatal God can take that thing that you failed at and use it to be the greatest blessing in your life Amen. you know why because according to my Bible God's looking for a few good failures church say amen, amen. dear heavenly father